The audio podcast edition of Farlands or Bust is made possible by support from fans on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash Mac to keep this series commercial free. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Kurt. Welcome back to Farlands or Bust. Episode 647 of the series, as we woof, as we excavate our way. Oh, there you are. Hello. How are you? As we excavate our way out of the previous episode's hidey hole, secure it from from those who, who, who mean us harm. Get rid of some random inventory things. Oh, man. I think I picked up a bit too many wooden planks uh, in the last episode. Um, but yeah, let's grab Wolfie and continue west to those far lands. Like I said, episode 647 for your Thursday, July 13th, 2017. Lucky July 13th. But yes, we are continuing on here in Minecraft Beta 1.7.3. As we've been doing, as we've been doing... Since since March 2011, March 2011, we've been walking to the Far Lands, and we're just over 25% of the way there. In the last episode, we found the double pie hole, <laughs> and uh, it's been brought to my attention. It's been brought to my attention that both the monument, the worst monument that we've ever made, that we placed at the double pie coordinates, uh, and the sign. The sign at the monument is incorrect. The sign, I think, is on the right block, but I was standing on the wrong block when I was writing the sign and checking the coordinates, so those are off by a block, but I think it's only fitting. It's only fitting. We can't go back now, and we're definitely not going back now to the double pie coordinates. So we are just going to continue on west, away from the direction of our compass, which points back to original spawn. And keep making that number go higher and higher and higher until the next time we press F3, which who knows when that will be. Still figuring it out. Still figuring out a new mm, charity fundraiser uh, that we Farlanders can contribute to. It'll be soon. We're, we're in no rush. We're still working actually through quite a few questions left over from the last season. I'm a little bit of a procrastinator. But, uh, yeah, we're back now. A little bit of a hiatus there. Mini, mini hiatus. Went back home this past weekend for a wedding in the family. And, uh, actually stayed in Chicago proper. Because that's where my sister lives and was able to... Uh, that's where the wedding was as well, so it was just easier to hang... Oh, that, that boat just, just vanished. There it is. And, uh, that was all right. I've, I've, I've always, I've not been against, I, I'm not a big fan of the city. Let me just say that. Of any city. Any city, really. Spoiders? There's definitely a spoiter spawner down here. But I don't know if I care to investigate. We don't see it. It doesn't exist. Just like oxygen. No. <laughs> so, yeah. Stayed in the city, and I, I enjoyed myself. Perhaps it's getting older that I'm a little bit more confident, I suppose, but I was always just intimidated, specifically by Chicago. 
It's a very big city. Much, 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 much bigger than, than Seattle here, or, or Phoenix, where I was, or, or many of the other cities. I suppose the only city I can compare it to would be, like, New York, and I really haven't been to New York in my adulthood. Um, even, like, we weren't in L.A. for a while, but L.A. is a just... It, it's obviously bigger, bigger than Chicago, but it's it's all flat and spread out over over many more many more miles of space and just all-encompassing as opposed to Chicago is is truly the skyscraper canyons and and uh, everything is up 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 and, and overwhelming and uh, just condensed that that to me I think feels like city you know whenever I think of cities but I've always just been I, I just get like the wrong vibe from it, or, or I've had bad experiences with public transportation, or, 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 or whatever. Or, or crowds, or events, or whatever, or weather. Uh, but this time it worked out alright. The weather was good. I went to uh, the, the Art Institute. It's been a long time since I've been to the Art Institute, at least. I think I had to go there for college once, because I was in art history class. That was interesting, seeing a lot of the changes at, at the the Art Institute. And that's probably... Again, I've not been to all the cities in the world, but... When I think of Chicago, I think of the museums. Art oh. Institute, Science and History, the, the, the Natural Museum, um, and then the... the uh, the aquarium, there's there's the zoo, Lincoln Park Zoo and Brookfield Zoo, you know, a lot of those sorts of institutions make me think of Chicago versus other cities. And I would recommend if you are, you know, people always ask me, oh, I'm going to be traveling to Chicago, what should I see? Do, do the museums. There's a lot of, a lot of very good and very prominent I mean, it doesn't have the Mona Lisa or anything like that, but very prominent paintings in the the Art Institute. One of the things I learned in art history is that at the turn of the century in France, at the beginning of the uh, Impressionism period of, of, of art and paintings, uh, the mainstream art galleries and, and essentially the, the, the art institutions in France and Europe widely rejected Impressionism as as not, you know, realistic enough or, or, or too loose and too Impressionistic, I suppose. So all of those French artists sold those paintings to mostly the, the wealthy collectors in, in America and more specifically in Chicago. And that's how the Art Institute ended up with, I think, what could arguably be the best collection of Impressionist paintings. The, your Manets, your Monets, your Van Goghs, and, and other such pieces that now the French want back. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's probably the what it's best known for, but they have really great modern sections, uh, even older, older artworks back into the, the Roman and the... All those periods, all those periods and stuff. 
renaissance and whatnot. But uh, an enjoyable experience. Did a did a boat tour. Did the architecture tour. I'd never done that on uh, the river. So that was that was interesting. But overall, overall a good experience. And of course, meeting with family. I haven't been home since over a year ago. A lot has happened. <laughs> a lot has happened in the last year. And I, I probably should have prioritized going home once or twice more than I actually did. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I actually enjoyed my time in the city. Could I live in the city? I see the convenience, and I certainly see the, uh, the positives of being around all the restaurants and, and museums and culture and people and, and whatnot. Infrastructure, if you will. But I also enjoy my space. <laughs> I, I, I would, I, I don't know if I could live in a high-rise... I mean, my, my sister's place is really nice and everything like that. Uh, but I don't know. I, I need, I need a, a place with multiple rooms and where people aren't above or below me. Or, or I need, I need, specifically, I need a garage and a car. And when you live in the city, those two things are just pointless. I, I enjoy the freedom of being able to drive places both near and far. And when you live in the city, that just becomes impractical. Unless you're super, super rich. Uh, which I never, never will be. So I think that's out of the question. But I don't know. Maybe it's not out of the question. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe at some point in the near future or distant future, I will, I will forego... My my vehicular dependency and try city living for a little bit, but then again, maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. I probably would would first and foremost entertain the idea of more distant country slash wilderness living before I do city living. I don't know, but it was an experience. So that's where I was for the past week, and we're back. We're back to doing more live streams, doing recording of Far Lines of Bust here, and making elevated hidey holes so that we uh, we can protect our... Whoops, I did not want to pick that back up. We can protect all, all this progress that we've made, don't you know? I, I make these hidey holes and elevated hidey holes to sleep in a bed, and then I leave the bed, which acts as a spawn point. I've never died in this game of Minecraft, Far Lands or Bust. But if we do, we don't want to go all the way back to our original spawn point, some three million blocks away. We would just go back to the previous bed. And we're going to sleep in this one right now and continue in the morning. And... Awakeness. Ah, I could jump in that water, but it's only one block deep, and sometimes that causes... that causes hurts in this version of the game. That causes many, many hurts. Megahertz, if you will. Uh, but yeah, speaking of those, uh, those old questions from the previous season of Far Lands Bus, let's get on those. Speaking of... this was honestly accidental, but speaking of city living versus wilderness and the outback living, Unchecked Crowd asked, do you have any memories of sleeping or camping outside? Uh, growing up as kids, I had like friends who would set up a tent in like their backyard. And we would do like a sleepover, I guess you would call it. 
But I wouldn't call that camping <laughs> or sleeping outside. It's sleeping in somebody's backyard during summer break or whatever. That's like a block away from my house. Uh, so that doesn't count. And and otherwise, no. I've never been camping. Never been camping. Never never been on multiple day trips. Um, like hikes or, or anything like that. And I've never, uh, never, never put together a tent or owned a tent or slept on the ground or anything like that. It'd be interesting and I'd like to. But with like other experienced people <laughs> to help. Um, I've been, I've been, I've stayed in like, uh, cabins, I suppose you could call them. That are well deep in 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 the wilderness, and that's that's a bit spooky. <laughs> that was a bit spooky at some times. Uh, so I don't know. It it, it is a, there is a spook factor of sleeping in the middle of a field or a forest or whatever, of 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 animals and perhaps other people. You don't have much protection, is what I'm saying. You got a a, a thin layer of waterproof fabric between you and the world. That would probably make my anxieties spike quite a bit. I mean, I'm anxious about sleeping in my own home. <laughs> I hear a noise and I freak out and I can't sleep for the rest of the night or whatever. Oh, the joys of a very exuberantly creative mind <laughs> that lets it go places that it shouldn't. But I would perhaps like to. I might I might need to coming up here. I still I am still without plans for the solar eclipse. I definitely am going to want to Travel to the path of totality. And I have like three-ish options. I'm pretty much ruling out the drive to it the day of because here on the west coast uh, it starts at like 9 a.m. and totality starts at like 10 a.m., 10.30 a.m., something like that depending on where you're at. So in order to drive into the path of totality it's about a Six to eight hour drive. Six hour drive, conservatively. So I would have to like leave at like midnight the night before <laughs> or something like that. And also I, I'm just not sure. Nobody's sure. The fact that all the hotels are booked, all the campsites are booked, makes me think it's going to be a popular event. And I've mentioned this on stream before, but if you look at Oregon specifically, specifically Eastern Oregon, there's only like four or five roads total, total, and these are like the two-lane country roads. Look at all this sand <laughs> that uh, whoa, that run through the path of totality, as opposed to like say the East Coast or or you know through through Central U.S. The path of totality goes through some pretty big cities, and and there are plenty of options of travel. Out out here in the wilderness, ah, careful of that. There aren't that many options, and I can just imagine all the people wanting to do the drive into totality are all going to be trying to use one of those five roads. So I'm definitely going to need to find an overnight situation. There's a couple options. There's a very expensive, kind of what I would consider trendy option, I suppose, where there's like a festival that's being put on by a reputable company. But it uh, is expensive. Uh, it, and it requires you either bring your own tent or you rent a tent that they set up and put together for you. That would be ideal for me. Like I said, I don't own any of this stuff. I don't. I've never done any of this stuff. 
Um, it's It wouldn't be cheap, obviously, but it's certainly cheaper than buying a tent and all the appropriate camping equipment to use just for one night. It's like 500 bucks. 500 bucks for like a two-person tent. And then they have uh, they have more sophisticated woo. Sorry, <laughs> they have more sophisticated woo. Have a seat, Wolfie. I just want to take a quick gander at this situation over here. It's like a little giant rift. It's, it's quasi farlands-ish right there. Neat. This is pretty neat. I want to go down over there. Actually, I think I don't know that I can get down over there. Although that might be interesting too. Hold on, let me do some quick scouting. Let's not forget Wolfie. Uh, that would be dangerous. Well, no, it could probably be possible if I dig. Yeah, let's dig. Uh, then they have some, like, more expensive options with, like, actual beds and, like, fancy glamping, glamping, glamour camping, as, as, as the hipsters call it. Um... So considering that, that would be the most... It's in a good location in Eastern Oregon. Uh, it's also a well thought out, like I said, event. Don't jump, don't jump on the cliff edges. Um, but it's also the most expensive option. Um, there's another option that is... Actually, there's a, a university in Oregon that is renting out its dorm spaces. Uh, so you stay in the dorms, um, and they're still available. <laughs> um, problem is, is it's 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 uh, a little bit further west, which means the weather the weather might be more of a question for that location. But it is the cheapest and the closest option, and in the most populated area. I'm I'm strongly considering that. Um. As as like you know what I've never I've never tried to see an eclipse. True, eclipses are incredibly rare, but let's let's just say I go to try to see this eclipse, and the weather conditions aren't ideal. It would probably be best not to spend an arm and a leg, <laughs> or you know, a month's worth of income, only to be disappointed or whatever. And there will be other opportunities in the coming decades. Yes, it'll it'll be a while, <laughs> but there will be other opportunities. And then there's another option that's been presented to me uh, a lot further away, a little bit, a little bit longer of a drive, but definitely, um, definitely more on me to buy camping equipment and and stuff. Um, just uh, been offered by a friend as an option that I don't know too well, but I trust. Uh, but a little bit further away. And, and definitely the sort of thing that I would be doing on my own. I'd have to I'd have to very quickly buy some camping equipment or find a way to sleep in my car or something like that. Um, and that's 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 a good situation. Eclipse-wise, I feel like I would definitely get a good view of the eclipse, but also a lot more uh, work is involved with that that situation. So I'm th I'm looking at these three options and uh, quickly getting close to one month to go to the Eclipse, so I really should decide. I also need to f see or find, like, a friend to go with. <laughs> like, that first option, the really expensive option, would only would only work with a friend. I couldn't swing that by myself, which gives a hint as how expensive it is. 
Uh, second option would be all right, but it'd be it'd be nice to have a. Well, all the options would be nice to have a friend. Careful, sheep. <laughs> um, but but yeah, still thinking about that. So yeah, the unchecked crowd. The 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 question about camping or not. Uh, I'll let you know in a month when the solar eclipse comes. August 21st, by the way, for those who don't know, is a Monday. Monday, August 21st is the total solar eclipse. Put that down on your calendars, look up the maps and whatnot. Oh boy, we will see. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit nervous about that. (laughs) Uh, Definitely want to see totality. Speaking of seeing totality, Johnny Poco asks, Have you ever had a spiritual experience, perhaps in spite of your views? And then, sidebar, I would think that Luminati sponsorship... Oh, I would think about a Luminati sponsorship, as I went to them in Chicago last year based on your recommendation, and I also have bought some Corsair kit as well based on your recommendation. Thank you. Um, I'm unfortunately not the one who, who decides... Who gets to sponsor me or not? Lumel Nottis, you're going to sponsor me. Uh, I did go to Lumel Nottis, by the way. It's been a while since I've been to Lumel Nottis when I did go to Chicago. Uh, got my got my gluten-free pizza. Not quite the same as their pan deep dish pizza, but they do have gluten-free pizza, so I I, I enjoyed that while in Chicago as well. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the point of sponsorships, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> It's not something I spend any time actively pursuing, and again, it's not necessarily something that I get to decide on. But let's go to sleep, and I'll answer your first question in the morning. And awakeness. Let's get those pigs over there, Wolfie. We have no, we have no Wolfie treats. The first question is, have you ever had a spiritual experience? I suppose it depends on what your definition of spiritual experiences are. And I I brought it up in regards to the solar eclipse. Excuse me? Wolfie? Oh, there you are. Get this pig. There you go. Because, uh... I'm told, and I'm I'm led to believe, and I do believe, that... Seeing the totality of a solar eclipse would be, I think, constitute a quote-unquote spiritual experience. I, I, I think I think all of my answers would be in regards to, like, nature or astronomy. Certainly walking up on the Grand Canyon for the first time. Oh, God! We're freezing! We're freezing! We're freezing! Are we alive? We're alive. Ooh, that's the first time that's happened in a long time. You all right there, Wolfie? All right, we're good. We're good. Everything's fine. Woo, that was a spiritual experience. <laughs> our, our lives flashed before our eyes. Uh, woof indeed, Wolfie. But yeah, like walking up on the Grand Canyon for the first time and seeing the scale and like the disbelief of the scale of such things. I think if the word spiritual is what you want to describe that as, that that could be that. Um, I, I did see there was a partial solar eclipse that went across the continental United States. And from Illinois, where I was living at the time, 
just before sunset, just started to see the beginning of the moon take a bite out of the sun. And that blew my mind. That blew my mind. That was a spiritual experience, so I can only imagine seeing the totality of a solar eclipse. If you're outside the totality, it'll still be a spiritual experience for you. But the totality is where it completely blocks out the sun, the sky gets dark, you, depending on where you're at, could see the, the shadow of the sun, or the shadow of the moon actually approach and pass over you. Um, the, the, the stars come out, or at least the brightest of the stars come out, and you can see the planets that are in the sky. You can see the, the atmosphere, the corona of the sun, the extending tendrils and whatnot that kind of give you an impression of where the, the magnetic field of the sun is. Um, the temperature drops like 10, 20 degrees. That, that I expect would be a spiritual experience, the sort of thing that kind of blows your mind. Uh, similarly, you know, seeing Saturn for the first time in a telescope, or, 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 or even, you know, we watched uh, the transit of Venus. Transit of Venus was really cool, um, and, and certainly something to see because nobody alive today will ever see that again with their own eyes. Uh, but I, I think the, the scale was too small to make it like an overwhelming experience, but it was really cool. It's really cool. Hey, there's a planet uh, passing between us and the sun. That's, that's very neat. Um, so yeah, it would all be in regards to that. So, spiritual, I don't know if that's the word I would have chosen, but if that's kind of what you're asking me, it had, has nothing to do with religion or some higher power or anything like that, but, but more so about getting a tangible, a tangible, uh, a tangible, what's the word I'm looking for? Tangible view or perspective, that's the good word, a tangible perspective on your place, my place, on the world or in the universe. And it's it's difficult to convey that, sure, looking up at the stars, seeing the Milky Way, seeing the planets up close through a telescope. These are all very overwhelming and mind-blowing experiences, but they all happen very much in the, the two dimensions. Like you're looking at a photograph. There's not much movement, there's not there's some depth, but there's there's not much depth there. When when the moon <laughs> when the moon passes in front of the sun, you suddenly get that reference of scale and distance, time. That includes the passage of time, the orbits. You start to really think about you know, we play in Space Engine and other sort of, you know, astronomy software where you can fly from Earth to the Moon to the to, to Mars to, you know, a different star or whatever like that. And 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 that's that's a very, I suppose, an, an analog to that experience. But seeing it for real <laughs> and having the the visual, the audio, the the sensory reactions to it, I think, are really. I think what makes those a little, stand out a little bit more, those experiences stand out a little bit more, I think. Similarly, uh, I mean, even seeing a rocket launch, when I saw Juno launch uh, from um, Kennedy Space Center, 
Sure, it wasn't it wasn't a crude mission, but the fact that the day before we were right there at the launch pads, and and oh the the spacecraft inside is going to Jupiter. It's a very visceral and you know feeling the thumping of the rocket engines in your chest. Uh, that that you know even an uncrewed mission like that kind of like made me a little bit misty eyed. Uh, I could only I, and I really wish <laughs> I had been able to see a space shuttle launch because a space shuttle launch, when you think, not only is it like super powerful and loud and close and bright, uh, but then you get to think that oh there are seven human beings. No real different from me on the top of that thing who are now going to be going off of this planet and into space uh, bring some sort of extra perspective. Like I said, the different, a tangible perspective on your or our place in the scope of everythingness. Right, Wolfie? Eh, he has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> Wolf, yeah, I know. But, uh, but yeah. I think that sums that up. I think that sums that up indeed. Whoops, <laughs> that's not how you use a boat. There we go. Two Worlds asked uh, a question about astronomy. Last year there was astronomy news about the possibility of a ninth planet beyond Neptune near the Kuiper Belt. After reviewing calculations, what would you like to name this hypothetical ninth planet? Um, I think I had this question before because we talked about it when it was first announced over a year ago, I think. I don't know. I feel like it would have to stick with the naming conventions of the, the other planets and objects very much based... Well, I mean, they were most of them were named uh, back in the the ancient times, Roman Greek mythology, because those were the people who first identified them and named them. So we just merely adopted those names, and then when we start discovering new items and objects in space, the moons and blah blah blah, uh, we just kind of kept with that nomenclature of Roman and Greek gods and goddesses. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure how many more there are. Whoops! Dang it. <laughs> I, I hit F. I've been playing too much Battlegrounds. It got a little bit foggy. Hopefully hopefully not the weather it's going to be during the eclipse for me, wherever I end up. So yeah, that would, that would be tough. I'm sure I could, like, come up with one, but it's probably already been named as one of the 69 moons of Jupiter or whatever, you know? So... Yeah, that would that would be a tough one. I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And they're still searching. They're still searching for that that large mass that exists out there that that scientifically mathematically should exist based on the orbital data of all the other objects out there. But they're still searching for direct evidence of it. It's just so far out there that it's so dim. So far from the sun. It's, it's very dim and, and very difficult to see, definitely optically, so they have to use they have to use other other methods. To find such a thing. Science and whatnot, and indeed and etc. Ah, come on, right. 
Um, uh, alright, let's let's try. Well, we might as well use the boat, huh? I was thinking the sun was setting too fast for me to continue on here, and I was just gonna make a hidey hole there, but let's let's press! Press on. We spent so much time making that goofy pie hole <laughs> that uh we gotta we gotta make up for a little bit of lost time here. Careful Wolfie, careful Wolfie, don't spawn, don't spawn, don't spawn. Ooh, sheep sheep town, sheepsville, sheepston. Let's kinda get over to this mound, I think. Is is a good mound. Oh, dang it, I keep dot dang it! Right click, it's right click. Woo, foggy. Foggy, foggy, foggy. This, this is a good mound. Yeah, right here. Have a seat, Wolfie. No, no. Uh, nope. Perfect! Boop. Let's dig on down and make the uh, end of the episode hidey hole here. And yeah. I was gonna say, I appreciate all these questions, but <laughs> they came to me <laughs> over a year ago. Oh no! This is less than perfect. This is uh this is dangerous. This is very dangerous indeed. Whoop. Is this what is this? Am I looking at a pre-built hidey hole or, or or death? Oh, this might be a pre-built very very Oh god, I gotta speaking of death. Woo! I got so caught up in my new uh, discovery here that I forgot that I was completely exposed to the elements. And the creepers! Um, can I? Is this a place that I don't want to go? I feel like this is a place I don't want to go. Yeah, this is a place I don't want to go. Let's just light it up really well, I guess, for now. And we'll make a normal hidey hole right here. Yellow. I'm lighting it up because in this version of the game, uh, if if there is a block within, oh god, <laughs> within uh, I'm very bad at this video game. Within uh, two blocks of your bed, that is capable. Of spawning a bad guy, then uh, it will spawn a bad guy. A hostile mob, as you will. So we want to avoid all that. So let's make some beds. Oh, I should. There was so much wool on that wood wood town. Wood wood wool island. Sheepston. What did I call it? That uh, I probably should have picked up some. Man, so much. So many miscellaneous blocks. There we go. That's weird. But yeah. A good 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 episode. Good return episode of Farlands Bust. Thank you so much for your patience, but also for continuing watching. And uh yeah. Thanks for watching this episode. Let me know your thoughts about today's topics below. Perhaps of the three options that I've placed very vaguely before you for my solar eclipse watching what what do you think is the most apt for me to to choose because very quickly i need to choose very quickly i'm running out of time please help me uh but yeah thanks so much for watching my name is kurt grass <laughs>
I will see you next time.